0: Welcome to Speak Sex. I'm your host, Evie Ridisi, and today's guest is my old and dear friend, Michael Brody, who is a filmmaker, poet, uh, and the founder of a film festival at Crested Butte in Colorado, which uh, actually is having its annual. Event uh, this uh, this month on the twenty third of September until the third of October, so uh, Crested Butte is a charming uh, kind of iconic little town, right? And you'll tell us more about it, Michael. So welcome sure. on the show.
1: Oh, well, thank you. Thanks for having me. It's great to see you.
0: <laughs> yeah, and you to be too. Speaking with you again. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> so Michael and I went to uh, college together. So he just reminded me we've known each other uh, many decades. What is it?
1: I think 35 or 37 years. <laughs> <laughs> it's unbelievable, but it's true. <laughs> yeah.
0: Yeah. Yeah, like lifetimes. It's sure. nice. Yeah. 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 Uh, and. Uh, and we feel you know about each other I think the way we did when we first met. I think we we met in that coffee shop in Boulder, Colorado, right? right? What was that? Called? The Brillick. The, the Brillig yes. <laughs> works. That's on, right. On, yeah. That's it's right. been
1: replaced by Starbucks but it's, you know so yeah. it's yeah. in
0: our, Yeah. Yeah, um, oh no, but. yeah. I loved it so much. <laughs> yeah. So much thinking took place there <laughs> in that coffee <laughs> shop. Um so anyway, so, um, since CU, where Michael studied film, uh, with Stan Brackage, uh, among other people, but, you know, Stan's the most famous. Um, Michael published a book of poetry, wrote like six or seven screenplays, uh, and, uh, something like 11 years ago, I think, uh, visited Crested Butte <laughs> and, um, where there had been a film festival, right? Uh, no. In the past, and, and it had stopped. Uh, and I guess kind of like, you know, in one of those impulsive then and there moments, <laughs> 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 I decided to like revive it, right? So, um, I mean, I, you know, I'd love to, to hear more about the film festival, which apparently, uh, you know, has been doing very well uh, since then. Um, and then I would also like to talk to you, uh, you know, kind of like on a human to human, (laughs) um, level about, um, you know, healing, um, masculinity, uh, like the spiritual and emotional practice that you've done for so many years. I know you were in a men's group for like over a decade, um boulder for me personally was where i discovered a lot of these um you know practices that have guided me and stayed with me since and i was like you know 20. (laughs) uh so uh, you know i i took with me so much from from that you know kind of spiritual aspect of boulder i remember um you know walking into like uh alfalfas or um uh, Wild oats, you know, it was just like a tiny little cramped place with only like mm. foods in bulk, right? So that, that was before like the uh, revival of healthy eating and, uh, yoga, you know, everywhere. And so it, it was definitely, um, a, a place of birth for a lot of these movements, I think. Um, and you've been there and you've stayed there <laughs> and what that means for you. Uh, being a father of two girls, you know, being a uh, creative, um, mm. and, you know, having gone through this, these practices of like, you know, trying to find, you know, conscious masculinity and also, you know, work and raise kids and have relationships, marriages. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, that's pretty much everything. I know, yeah. right? <laughs> what have you learned, or you know, what has been different, and yeah, yeah. Well, I, where where
1: I'd like to start, uh-huh. and, and I think you mentioned it. Really, I think you mentioned it really well. Is um, I, I grew up forty miles away from where I live right now in in Denver, Colorado, and it was a very sort of standard suburban American upbringing where there wasn't, there was nothing exceptional or spiritual about it. Um, I was raised in the, in a Jewish home and that was part of my culture, but other than sort of learning to pray and, and, you know, close your eyes and connect to God or the divine, there was, there was not a lot there. And it, uh, In subsequent years it it showed that there was um it was a real void and it was very lacking so it's interesting to um choose a place like boulder and there's other places there's boulder there's santa fe there's santa cruz there's hundreds of places san francisco where spirituality is is much more common i i think that uh you know going to a place like india where it's just a part of society and culture and in my upbringing and perhaps in america it it was very lacking that maybe we are a very spiritualist people um, that are trying to kind of reconnect with that so coming to a place like boulder um and then moving to santa fe um four years later was a real awakening in the sense of all of a sudden there's these very alternative ways of of seeing things of living your life of uh understanding yourself and, and your things like that so um i like that for both of us it was an awakening out of the life we had into something that would really stick with us um which is you know maybe the spiritual practice or meditation or um almost the sense of uh, looking for a mystical union with the Divine as a as a way out of this very standard American suburban upbringing that uh, doesn't inform a life in, in and doesn't steer in in a real way. So it was in, it was interesting to come to Boulder and you know and and you and I were and you more so were very sort of very bohemian very. Avant garde artists, writers, cigarette smokers.
0: So, <laughs> yeah, we were misfits. I was totally an outlier.
1: <laughs> you were totally an outlier. You, you just,
0: <laughs> you,
1: the most common thing that people would say when they saw you is, who is that? Where did she come from? <laughs> yeah. Why is she here? Like, why are you here among us?
0: I know.
1: <laughs> uh, yeah. And, you know, you were a gift from, 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 Asia, from Lesbos, yeah. from New York. Yeah. And you landed in this very <laughs> weird college mountain town um, in Colorado. <laughs> like, what the fuck are you doing here? I don't know. But we're glad you're here. And, <laughs> and yeah, yeah, I mean, I think you were part of this sort of greater awakening also for very standard white suburban kids like me. And, um, you know, I, I love that, that there's a way that we hopefully get woken up to certain things and then once we're awake then we're seeing you know particularly in boulder there's a lot of options you can go you can you can go into meditation you can go into midden's work um, but this sort of underlying spirituality of like what do i what does a person need to get through this life successfully and um, in, in a healthy way and deal with our stuff and create and yeah yeah, have relationships, yeah. all that, and the other
0: part of it. I mean, you know, it it's a it was it's a kind of spirituality that includes the body, which I appreciated exactly. a lot. You know, because in our traditions, our monotheistic traditions, you know. Uh, kind of like spirit was exclusive of body. <laughs> um, mm. and, and that was a, you know, a split, like a, a, an antithesis that was very painful, you know, and, and then being like a, a person of the, you know, seventies and eighties, you know, and nineties, um, it, it, there was also kind of a split between the body and the mind. You know, it's like, I'm all mind, you know, I'm in charge, <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, um, mm-hmm. So, Boulder was the first place where I actually began to, to respect, you know, the body again, since Mm -hmm. basically since Lesbos, you know, like the way that I had been taught. And then I had discounted when I, you know, decided to masculinize, you know, to identify with like very much with like, you know, the, the powers, you know, um, the, and, 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 but, you know, in Boulder, like the, you know, a, a group of us would go to Chautauqua, um, and howl at the moon, <laughs> you know, or, or like have a menstruation, uh, ceremony or, um, you know, so like the presence, you know, kind of like being aware of the body and incorporating it in, in, in spiritual practice was definitely a new, you know, like a revelation for me there. Um, and, and it put me onto my path of trying to integrate you know a, our our seeming contradictions you know um, a, a path that kind of like I stayed on you know from Boulder I went to India soon after I wouldn't have done it you know had, had I not gone there so mm-hmm. um, but yeah so tell me a little about tell us tell our listeners also mm-hmm. um, a, about your men's group and what you learned you know did uh, discovered
1: sure uh, i think i'm gonna before i go there i want to i want to go back and, and just sure. uh, second something you said because I, I remember when i was at cu um, even though i was as, as a kid very athletic and i played sports and soccer and lacrosse and so i was very fit and athletic in a way i remember walking around um, boulder and just thinking that i was i, I was basically my mind I was all my mind. And maybe that's maybe that's the educational process and university reinforces that. But I remember saying that my body was like a podium for my for my mind and, and for my head. And there was this complete separation from one to the other. And I think that, um, you know, being here, um, leaving academia and and sort of going into these other possibilities which are are grouped together as as kind of the new age um it it was really this idea of discovering the body and and there's a term for it here called somatic which has to do with the body and and um you know consciousness to me just can't be in one's head because that's very mental and that's a lot of thoughts and things like that and how do you how do i bring awareness into my body and and, and and integrate the two, and start listening to other things besides mind and logic, and start listening to my heart, my gut, uh, things like that, and just try to reintegrate um, these two very separated uh, portions of my of, of myself. And so, right. but often, you know, I think that writing and creativity and poetry and screenplays are they're a fairly mental process, but But in that process is, you know, how do we, how do we access the muse or how do we access the body and, um, the heart? So that informs our writing and, and, and really gives it much more dimension and depth and, you know, and blood and things like that to it. So, um, yeah.
0: And, and I, and I do think that, you know, for men, it's a, it's a quest that, you know, you know, it's a pretty like, Important and you know, sacred and difficult quest that that you know, like contemporary men, um, should consider you know, under undertaking, um, because so much has been forbidden to you know, those who identify as male by normative, you know, heteronormative but also homonormative culture, you know, so, um, all those. All those, you know, experiences that have been associated with like, you know, weakness or receiving or depending, mm. <laughs> um, mm. you know, or serving, you know, have been denied. Um, you know, um, and, and, and it's a very, you know, it, it, it's an imbalance, but it's also really uncomfortable, you know, for, for men who have been trained a certain way, um, you know, mm-hmm. to become whole again. So, you, you know, how, how to how to do that in a way that doesn't make you f- feel bad about yourself or make you feel like you're being, you know, taken advantage or used or, mm-hmm. you know, diminished um, is a challenge and I think that's part of, like, our challenge in in the present moment um, is to find ways to mediate and, 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 and kind of like, you know, re, recast the, the, you know, the pa- rites of passage, let's say, you know, of, of masculinity. And there are many, mm-hmm. you know, from like adolescence until old age. <laughs> yeah.
1: Yeah, I think that, um I think
0: where I started
1: from was, again, this very sort of buddy-like, chum-like um, way of relating to men through sports. And so, you know, it was the guys on the soccer team and it was, you know, there was a certain bond and a certain union, but also just a certain way that the way we could relate and what we could speak about was very, very limited. You know, we could we could speak about obviously winning and playing and all that and then you know then we could you know in other moments we could talk about sex and we could talk about drug use and things like that but how does you know for me it was this this evolution how can i relate to men in a different way than this very chum like buddy like very limited way of of relating and and relate to men in a different way, in a much more honest way. Where I think that I think men are told that there's so much. Wow, this is wow, this is this is even painful to say and to realize that there's so much of who we are that it's just flat out not allowed. You know, the first whatever 21 years of your life you get to exist in a certain way, but that other stuff. No, no, thanks. Don't go there. No one wants to hear it. It's not being a man. And um, wow, I'm just feeling right now the pain of like, having that cut off. It was just like, that's not okay. And then, you know, in this, this process of of waking up, um, we learn that we can go to those places and talk about those things and really feel those things and communicate those things um to men in particular and we you know our our, re- our relationship with men is basically forged with our fathers and that has a lot of limitations to it and i think that it you know how amazing to be in the world with men and women and learn new ways of of relating and being honest and just going for it and not holding yourself back and so that was, uh, you know, that was a very interesting process that that really lasted for me probably 15 years. Um, I even want to maybe say 20 until I moved to Crested Butte where there wasn't really that community. And I in moving, I saw that's one of the things I'm going to really um, give up unless I tried to, you know, and I tried to create men's groups in, in Crested Butte and they were, you know, semi successful, but you know it it forced me to go back to this way of relating to men that was like in my teens and that wasn't um you know i would try to bring that into the moment but it wasn't as um allowed in a in a mountain ski town very outdoor oriented where it's all macho and it's all um about substances and things like that and so it was it was kind of a, a, a way of not being real that I've just come out of. And um, because I, I, I think all what we're talking about is, is learning these sort of tools that we can use that we weren't really given as a kid. And, you know, living in a place like Boulder or, or seeing films or reading books is there's things that we can take from them that we know are going to be valuable tools for us and i mean my experience is you know over 60 years that man i need a i need a whole bunch of tools there's a way i can operate without needing tools for a couple days or a few hours and then stuff comes up and it's like whoa okay how do i how do i deal with this one and um you know hopefully that life is this process of of accumulating um the tools and the resources we need to really function and thrive and not yeah. Not suck in our lives. Yeah. Right. And also, like,
0: the, the, you know, the permissions, you know, the, the role modeling. Uh, mm. I, I think, like, you know, it's all a matter of, like, you know, freedom and it starts with, like, imagining something else, you know? Mm. Um, and mm. I, I think that part of man's burden has been this sense that he's responsible, let's say, for, you know, every birth. Um, that, that sense that, you know, uh, I, you know, I, I made a woman, you know, like scream and yell and, and bleed and, you know, have a child. And now I am, you know, bonded and bound to like, you know, support them both or, or something, you know, to, (laughs) and many men eventually act out or wait until the child is older to act out. And, you know, um, But it is, you know, it's all false. And it's it's all, you know, it's it's the same as saying, you know, men can or can't wear this or that, you know, whatever it may be. Like, you know, I'm not just talking about skirts. I'm talking about anything, you know, materials, colors, you know, hats, makeup. It doesn't really matter. It's just, you know, how, like, liberating it feels for a guy to just, like, you know, paint his nails. I mean... It's insane the amount of um, restraints, you know, and censorship that we are putting, you know, on our, on our, you know, XY chromosome people. <laughs> and, mm. and, um, and I think that by, by discussing the patriarchy in terms of like some sort of gender, even though gender is obsolete now, thankfully, you know, we do not like acknowledge how it is a burden you know for everybody pretty much equally which i think it is uh you know in the same way that like any gender can be the patriarch you know i uh, think any given time I- I- in the same way i think that you know everyone um is is kind of like you know equally caged uh, in their mm. prescribed roles that are pretty much prescribed like at birth right so you know we're all like born more or less, I guess, equal and completely innocent and very quickly by the accident of our birth we're like, you know, forced to learn who we, uh, you know, who we're supposed to be. (laughs) And Mm -hmm. when when you think about it like rationally, you know, how much of this uh, like, you know, restraint we take on willingly and we just accept without questioning is insane. It's just mm-hmm. insane. So, you know, we, we're just encouraged to not think about it. You know, we're encouraged, you know, it's like distraction, you know, think about anything bad, you know? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. So I feel that in a sense, um, you know, every man has, um, this you know this uh shedding of of skin after skin after skin to do uh you know through through life at the same time that he has to kind of like you know hold this balance of like uh, doing things the way it's expected um right so it's kind of like it a a constant like balancing like on you know on the beam like yeah or in (laughs) midair where you are normative as much as you must and you know at the same time that you are seeking to find you know liberty (laughs) as much as you can you know um yeah and and i think it it used to be that like you know uh, macho activities you know like war you know or like Sports, for example, right. you know, uh, that lasted like for decades, you know, were a way to kind of like take one's uh, attention away from this because there was, you know, survival at stake. Like it's, you know, when it's life and death, <laughs> you just like stick with what, you know, what you got here. Because, um, so it seems to me like the culture keeps creating like false, uh, emergencies, you know, all the time to get, our attention away from from what's real you know right. yeah but anyway you had unconventional uh enough unconventionally enough marriages and you know <laughs> they <laughs> i know you know and and you definitely you know married women who were you know strong and um you know, like goddess, you know, goddess-like women. <laughs> um, so that already kind of like broke a bunch of cliches, I think. And I know, you know, I know like your sister and, you know, you're surrounded by strong and, and, and unusual women, I think. <laughs> mm. <laughs> <laughs> and your, like do- your daughters, you're, yeah. <laughs> yes,
1: yeah. Um, wow. There's so much, to so much to say there. Yeah. I mean, I think in a way that, uh, particularly with my first marriage was this sense of, yeah, there's a lot of tools and things I can, I can learn here and I need, I, I need that. Um, I think that, you know, I mean, for me, it's, it's asking the question, well, what is, you know, what is the ultimate goal in this, um, in this lifetime? And I think that there's, there's a lot of, uh, you know, as you were saying, when when you're born, there's a lot of things that happen and uh, a lot of impositions that are that are placed on all of us that. Um, and I mean, I think that and then that's why the, the, the story and the allegory of, of the fall is so important, because I, I feel that um, that's it's very true of me. And maybe it's really true of all of us. I mean, I don't know where I came from, and I don't know what it felt like before I was, you know, before I incarnated, um, but I think we know what it's like once we do incarnate, and there's a lot of, there's a lot of things, and and obviously, okay, for those of us, for those of our listeners that, that don't know, I'm a white male, so I'm already American, you know, I'm like, what is that, 98% already, or 99 and so I have certain privileges that um certainly the rest of the world was not was not born with and and still there's um there're things that happen to all of us in in different ratios that that we have to overcome and i think that you know, to me it, it begs the question of well, what is this life and is it a is it is there a spiritual person uh, purpose to it a spiritual purpose to it and an emotional purpose and yeah all these things happen and what what is what is the outcome? What are we trying to work at and and achieve and, and, and for me it's this it's this sense of um you know of recovering from the fall of going from innocence to humanness and there's a lot of weight. There's tons of weight that comes um, with humanness. If you're if you're born woman or if you're born black or if you're born a black woman and a poor black woman, there, there's a whole there's so many layers of things that that happen to us. And, you know, maybe most people don't ever recover from that. But to me, it's been it's been a working through all this stuff to sort of try to get back to this. Um, more pure, more spiritual place, because that's all I've been able to figure out in my, in my 60 years. Like, wow, what am I, what do I do with all this? And, um, how do I live and, and how do I function and how do I thrive? And so to me, that's, that's been the answer that I've come up with is there, there, Mm there needs to be this, like, returning to hopefully what we know in our body and the way our body feels. And um, as much as we can going back there, going back there, going back there, there's 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 a man named Jed McKenna who's published some books, very sort of sarcastic and um, caustic books about spirituality, um, like spirituality, the darndest thing. And, you know, basically to him, the the enlightenment process, the process of, of waking up, it's very simple. He says, sit down shut up (laughs) and then ask yourself what's true until you know it. And so, you know, a lot of my life was like, I wanted lightning bolts to go off or I wanted God to speak to me saying, Michael, this is what you have to do because that's the easier way. And that's giving authority to somebody else. And, and, and I had to ask myself at the end of my first marriage, I wanted God to speak to me and say, what to do and how to do it and give authority to someone else and abdicate responsibility so i walked around for a couple days in boulder hoping for the word of god to come to me and it didn't and so then i had to come up with an answer myself and i had to take responsibility right or wrong you know whether or not i should do this it felt like the first time in my life i actually had to make a decision do i stay married or do I not? And God didn't speak to me. And it's like, oh, fuck. I guess it's up to me. OK, this is what I decide and and go with it. And that was powerful. That was, you know, freeing. And like, I don't know everything. I don't have all the information. And I just got to decide. And i liked like that. And I liked it's very empowering that says, Dude, it's up to you. You know, there's no one else to save your ass. This is, this is your decision and you got to make it. And, um, it was great. It was very freeing to, to do that right or wrong. I'm sure I, re- I know I made the right decision at the time. I wasn't sure, but I knew and, and, and how do you pull upon your resources and how do you decide? It was great.
0: <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I feel that we, you know, when we're at, a place of crossroads that's where we do a lot of our learning mm-hmm. uh you know and both like personally in our lives and also like as cultures you know um yeah because like you say you know suddenly like you feel like the stakes are high you know everything will change do you dare like you know walk out into the unknown and leave the known and that's like if Big ass question, you know. Okay. And when you do and you don't like crash, I- crash <laughs> into the abyss, uh-huh. um, you know, that's like a, a great discovery. Uh-huh. Once you've done it a couple of times, then, you know, it, it, you start seeing that, wait, you know, the odds are. <laughs> you know, I will survive. <laughs> exactly, exactly. Yeah. Right,
1: right, yeah. right. And, and and going into, and that I think leads into emotional work and spiritual work that I, I remember I had a therapist here that he said, you know, is, is, it, is this, is this going to kill you? Do you think this is going to kill you <laughs> yeah. if you go into it? I mean, are you going to basically blow up? Because, you're, you know, is your heart going to actually literally blow up and you'll die if you go into that, if you go into your pain or whatever? And, and you know, having gone through that a few times or a number of times or as, certainly as many times as I need to, the answer is no, I won't. Have a heart attack. I won't have a stroke. I mean, I will maybe one day, but it's probably not <laughs> going to be related to dealing with my emotional body. It's probably going to be related to something else. But if, if, if you know that you can survive that and get through it and come out on the other side, healthy and clearer and more directed, um, you know, it's worth doing. I think it's, it's worth doing that work whether or not most people do that, I don't know. Um, yeah. Well, like you were yeah. saying,
0: you know, also people have to have resources, you know, time, right. uh, accessibility. I feel that now on Zoom, it's easier to find, but it's still like to keep, you know, to make the commitment and to stay with it when it's harder. Um, mm-hmm. You know, it's a lot. It's a lot. Um, but that's where like um, you know kind of like you know your inner like um, uh, you know your inner an- a- angel <laughs> or demon <laughs> mm. <laughs> you know comes in you know like that part of you that keeps wondering you know and asking questions and mm. and and that's where you know uh, good art you know like films for example uh, or you know meaningful writing or a meaningful you know artwork visual art you know play a part you know um as messengers you know reminding us of like universal truths you know um exactly i mean mm. this past year you know just look at how often it, you know films like the matrix <laughs> <laughs> Which I call the Patrix. But in any case, uh, mm-hmm. other than that, <laughs> it's like, wait, this has nothing to do with the maternal. <laughs> but, mm-hmm. um, you know, yeah, that, you know, these films get evoked and, and remembered, you know, and people mm-hmm. are, you know, people from both sides, uh, or all sides, you know, however many sides they're actually, um, because I don't think we're really like dichotomous the way that, you know, newspaper, you know, fr- like, you know, headlines presented. Uh, I think we're poly, you know, dichotomous, so to speak. <laughs> it's not like one or the other. Um, but in any case, you know, how often a film like that is evoked as like a documentary <laughs> or, you know, prophetic. And it just, all, all it, all that says is that it spoke to something that we all understand and experience in life more than once you know and it is mm-hmm. the time of choice it's the time of being on a, at the crossroads of choice um you know the wh- whatever you want to call it you know take the right path or the left path the hard path or the easy path the red pill or the blue pill or whatever you want to call it <laughs> um mm-hmm. you know i i feel that um there are those stories that that, you know we tell again and again and have told you know since we've been able to communicate with each other um because that's how we change and that's you know that's how mm-hmm. that's how we evolve and and um so it yeah, being able to yeah. uh, to you know making this choice consciously you know uh, and and not uh, and not from a place of like uh reactivity. Is, is 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 important you know mm. like not mm-hmm. because you're like an antithesis to someone you know not because you just like hate your soon-to-be ex you know mm. <laughs> or mm-hmm. not because your lawyer tells you you're gonna like whatever you know win or something <laughs> uh mm-hmm. or 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 be defeated if you don't um but from a place of like consciousness of of you know where you're at and where you're going i think that
1: one of the things that's, that's going on for me is, and, and you, you, you said two words that I really like, change and evolve. And, um, you know, I know in my life, I, 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 I have to do that. Um, um, you know, maybe because feeling like I've come from a pretty unconscious place to begin with. And I'm, I, I feel like I'm lucky in the sense of, you know, like, location, where you're born is, is so important. Like, are you, you know, are you born in Syria? Are you born in a ghetto? Are you born, where are you born? And, you know, for me, I was born out in the western United States, which to me equates with um, space, like physical space. Um, you're Right in the middle of nature and and what is nature, but the universe, the divine, um, the whole cosmos, it's, it's, you know, unity consciousness, it's the one then the one is a really huge concept to wrap my brain around, especially when I'm, when I'm angry at people that are, are nearby me, but they are just, they're, I'm a, I'm a cell, they're a cell. One part of the, of the oneness is not in another part. And, uh, but I like, I like the sense of spaciousness and nature and being, you know, it's in, in a way, it's like being born in a, in a beautiful church or you're born in nature. You're born in beauty. You're born in the divine. You're born in, um, and in, in part of the universe and i think you recognize that and i think we're part of the universe if we're in boston too um but you know having the sense of the wonder of nature right around me has been a really big thing also what i i, I like doing is um you know i i like i don't want to blame anyone like they did this like I think there's this expectation that people should be different. Now people are like, you're supposed to be you and I'm supposed to be me. And, and the way you are may ruffle my feathers and may trigger me and may bring up stuff in me, but it's, it's not like you are supposed to be any different. Um, you are you and I'll either, I'll either relate to you really well or, or stuff will come up. But I mean, I like knowing that that's my stuff to deal with and, it's not about you and it's not about blaming the other person, but you know, how do I go back to that place of I'm at home in the West? I'm at home in nature. I'm at home in the universe. I'm in, how do I get to be at home in my body? Which I think is, is really it. And yeah, stuff comes up and when we get mad and we're disappointed or I get mad, I'm disappointed. I feel unloved, all that stuff. And that's kind of what's meant to happen until um, I'm so able to
0: regenerate, work it. yeah, yeah,
1: exactly, yeah. and reconnect and know that I am because there's something much vaster loving me than this, right? You know, 52 year old woman,
0: yeah, <laughs> <You> know, <laughs> that, that is doing her own thing, yeah, right, and has her own stuff. Going no, you, it. yeah, and you're someone. I mean, I know, you know, through the yeah. years that. You know, a little bit like, uh, you know, St. Anthony in the desert. Like every so often when th- those times come, you just go off into the, you know, Utah desert or some desert. <laughs> and I think exactly. the emptiness and the openness of that space, you know, uh, helps you.
1: It, it does. It does for sure. Um, you know, I knew you as, as a writer. You had already written two or three novels at that point. Um, I know you've really gone into painting and into more um, visual realm and one image to tell what you want to tell. I think that, and and so I think part of my, you know, it's great to know all these things and it's great to communicate them to you and to your audience, but um, I've also felt, uh, you know, how, what's my purpose creatively and then what's the best audience to tell that to? And you know, I had a background in poetry and I still write poetry and I love poetry. I love that it's, you know, 45 minutes of my life and, and something can be created and named and had and completed. I, I like that as opposed to spending months on a screenplay and then trying to get funding. And then, you know, six years later, or 10 years later, um, the film comes out or, or it, it doesn't. Um, but I, I'm very, yeah, I, I think that what what I learned on early on is because Boulder is a poetry town and because of Naropa and because of Allen Ginsberg and all the beat poets that were here, um, that's, that's a wonderful thing, but we don't live in a country like, um, Argentina where 70,000 people go to hear Neruda, or Chile to hear Neruda speak and, or, or like Europe and, and, and America has a very small poetry audience. We have great poets here, but we're not packing soccer stadiums to hear poetry. Um, so, you know, I'm curious of what's, what's the form for me and how do I talk about all these things creatively, not just to you and to your audience, which is probably bigger than my audience. Um, you know how what's what's the form to talk about this is it is it film is it is it fiction and and i think so for me having just had my 60th birthday it's the question of like what do i do with all this and how do i how do i share what i know in in a in a way that maybe you know impacts the evolution of our race as 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 um as human beings, in a, in a positive way, and yeah. I think that that's to me a, a, an interesting conversation because, um, you know, assuming that I do have a few things to say, and knowing that I have things that were beneficial to me that may not be beneficial to everyone, um, I'm looking at engaging in how do I talk about this whole path that I've been on and we've all been on in in a creative, beneficial way.
0: Yeah. Yeah. And that's, you know, that, that makes you a teacher already. You've Mm. just described that, you know, and I think that that's, and, and, and you've had that from the beginning. I mean, you've always been, you know, I've always admired, for example, your lack of greed, you know, uh, and it's, it's very, you know, unusual, (laughs) you know, you, you, you've never, uh, been after, I haven't known you to go you know to go after like material goods uh in intensely you know in a way that m- it defines many other people after a certain age you know mm-hmm. uh, in, in, and it comes from our sense of like insecurity or mortality or <laughs> our place you know in the structure which is a pyramid structure or whatever um you know th- th- so you've already been kind of like a freer men than the average, I think, you yeah. know, and even your career choices, you know, confirm that. Like, you know, you could have chosen to just make money and you have chosen to, you know, pursue creative work and bring people together, which is what the festival does, you know, creative people together, um, yeah. you know. So I, I think that kind of like, you know, the next step of that is what you're looking for and what you're trying to describe and i think it's the noblest of all you know that we wanna kind of like pass on i mean that's what distinguishes us you know our species that we want to pass on (laughs) you know what what little we've learned and and share right and give There is, you know, there is like, um, such a wonderful renaissance in, in a sense of this movement of like people teaching people, (laughs) you know, outside the, the, you know, the gates of academia. Um, and so, you know, and, and, and there are different ways where we can continue learning and then sharing what we learn with each other. Um, you know, and when it happens, um, you know, organically, I think, you know, it does make a difference to society. So, like, for example, you know, this podcast, uh, you know, it, it's, it's free and we don't know, you know, what seeds are being planted where, <laughs> but exactly. I think that it's heartfelt and it is, you know, our, our kind of like cry, you know, out. You know, as, as like a gift of this is, you know, this is my energy, you know, take it, you know, this mm-hmm. take off of us. <laughs> um, and, and find a way to, to make it your own, you know, so like in a way, it's like reaching out and saying, you know, hold my hand and I'll hold your hand and I'll keep, keep you there, you know, no matter what. And, and I think that that's really what, uh, is 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 wanted? You know that sense of like we're here for the love of all people, and you know not really because we want anybody to, you know, to give us anything, whether it's like whatever, anything uh, superficial. You know, like yeah. you know, dollars <laughs> or or Bitcoin. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. You know, yeah. or like fame or infamy. <laughs> um, so to me, that's like, uh, you know, one of like my, ru- you know, golden rules, you know, like I go where I feel uh, authentic and I stay mm-hmm. away where I feel like, you know, too much, uh, you know, vanity and hassle and, mm-hmm. yeah. And so, and, and, and you know, America, which, uh, you know, w- w- what you're saying about your location, you know, what? Uh, your, you know, where you live is part of like that amazing, you know, pioneer thing, you know, that um, America kind of like likes to experiment, <laughs> you know, in a way that I think is unique, you know. Um, it's in a laboratory. <laughs> it's, it's, you know, and it has been for, for whatever now, you know, more than two centuries. So, um, it's alive. You know, and a lot's happening and a lot spills out. And as people come in and, you know, w- with all the connectivity that we have now uh, with our digital lifestyle, you know, we're just like pol- cross-pollinating non-stop. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, there are many ways yeah. to share what you have, you know... To, Learned and what you want to give the world. And there will always be, you know, people who will hold your hand and, Mm -hmm. and, you know, and receive it. Feel that when you get like a powerful idea or a powerful message and you're sure of it, and it's not just because you're looking to stand out, but you're sure of it, then it is Mm -hmm. worth going into this more traditional, uh, formats, you know, and giving it like much more of your time um but only then you know Mm -hmm. if you just want to say like the story of how you did what or oh you had an idea you know what or you want to say oh this works for me or you know all this you know there's kind of like an over abundance um and then the you know the the big topics you know sometimes like you know get lost from in in all, yeah. in all the gossip so yeah all the gossip de- belongs where it is you know like tiktok social media um you know what you call like zoom you know even podcasts you know it's more like of the moment um so th- that medium you know youtube you just make a youtube <laughs> you okay. know whatever there are countless Mm -hmm. ways you know i used to be on vimeo you know substack you write you know i write on substack medium whatever there are countless ways you know blogging (laughs) i don't know are we still blogging but Mm -hmm. there are now you know for that Mm -hmm. sort of um messaging but i i feel that it's only when you actually get like sui generis you know something you know, a vision, an idea that, you know, is extraordinary, uh, like the Patrix. <laughs> mm-hmm. um, um, that you, that, that, then it's worth, you know, going back to the old, you know, format because it, it's mm-hmm. worth the time and getting it right because that's a gift for the centuries. Um, right, but right. you know, if it's a gift for like the, you know, the the year, mm-hmm. <laughs> the, the annual moment. crop of ideas, yeah, exactly, yeah. you yeah. don't have to, like, <laughs> sit there and write a screenplay about it, and then mm-hmm. it goes straight to video, and you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. <laughs> nah, yeah, yeah, you, you you don't have to, like, work that hard and take all the photo shoots and, you know, found things and, <laughs> you know, launch things, <laughs> <And> then, <laughs> yeah, it's just, uh, yeah, yeah.
1: Yeah, I think it, it harkens back to there are certain classical things like art and mm-hmm. film and craft, uh, and really, yeah, figuring out what you have to say and,
0: and, um, and discriminating, you know, discriminating is important, mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. which mm-hmm. I think the marketplace will not do for, for us, you know, so we got to do it for ourselves, you know, the marketplace mm. will be like, give me, give me, give me, what else do you have? What do you have now? You know, because whatever, they don't care. They don't care if they publish 100 books and one is a bestseller. They don't care if like, you know, how much does it make to make a film now? Not that much anymore, you know, so it's like, what, you know, give me and whatever, you know, it's like, uh, you know, playing, you know, playing cards, like, for the marketplace, you know? Um, But for you, the maker, (laughs) that's a lot of life, that's a lot of investment, you know, that's a lot. So, knowing for yourself, you know, uh, like, developing that self-discriminatory, you know, instrument where you can tell when and if you have something of greater or, you know, universal kind of, like, importance, I think, that Mm -hmm. that, yeah that's yeah it's yeah,
1: useful yeah and that and that's um i feel like i'm in a, in a in an amazing position as someone who curates and programs the film festival because there's all these people like hundreds and hundreds of films we look at over the year and and i get to see the product i you know i wasn't there in the writing stage i wasn't there on set when it was 102 degrees um you know and i i just get to see the the creation and and the beauty and that is one of my the favorite parts of my job and and you know as our festival is coming up in in three weeks all i have such admiration for uh the filmmakers who are part of our festival and You know, Telluride Film Festival is starting today and that even has all these other films that I mean, what an immensely creative people we are. And and so in my position, it's it's wonderful to see something, whether it's in a 10 minute film, to see something that I've never seen before, to see something that takes place underwater. That's like an underwater ballet that is indescribable. And all I know to do with it is to program it. I mean, for a filmmaker, our festival is really good numbers and really good odds. Um, we, so we looked at probably 600 films and we're almost showing 100. So that's oh, a wow. one out of one out of six chance. That's 16%.
0: That's a, Sundance, that's a lot of films.
1: It's a lot of films, but Sundance gets something like 18,000 films from all over the world and they choose a hundred in. 40 of them, and that's that's not good odds for the filmmaker, but... Um,
0: and what about Telluride?
1: Telluride is... Well, Telluride is, you know, that's kind of... I think that's more invitational. I don't know mm. quite how that festival works. Um, I know it works in a huge way and in a big way, and um, I, I don't think they're dealing with individual filmmakers. I think they're more dealing with distribution companies and things like that mm. um, that's mm. my perspective
0: mm-hmm. but yeah. yeah so you do use that discriminatory tool that you know I was talking about when you go through you know the 600 and yes. then you cut them down to 100 and you ask mm-hmm. certain questions I guess about them um, as you go through this process of eliminating
1: you know I've watched virtual film festivals and all of a sudden we're outside the state of colorado is very is predominantly white um mm-hmm. a, a ski town like crested butte is even more so and so you know i, I think that you know one of my what i'm charged to do is, is is to bring different points of view and different people into our community right that, that aren't really allowed financially to to live there and so right or or travel there yeah yes exactly exactly and so to sort of to say we are a much larger group than what we see here and bring those voices and those stories um to to frankly a community that really wants them and wants to hear them and needs to hear them and, and looks forward to hearing them.
0: That's wonderful. Yeah. yeah. yeah, I love it. Well, I hope to come one of these years. Every year, <laughs> I put it off, but it's on my list. I'll be there. <laughs> yes, good. <laughs> Wait for me. <laughs> uh, no, we're going. So, yeah. so it's September 23rd to October 3rd, and the best place for people to find you guys is either on your website, Crested yes. Butte. Um, film festival, film festival. Yeah. Dot
1: yeah. Org, is it? Yeah, it's actually it's easier than that. It's cbfilmfest.org. Uh-huh. Okay. Yes, our dates are the um yeah. are the September twenty fourth through October third, yeah. and, um, and we are showing okay. virtually. So yeah, so people yeah, that's can. That's great.
0: You know, find the yeah. link in your own Instagram, Facebook. I'll include all that. And, yes. Yeah. 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 Yeah.
1: And so yeah, it's it's just a uh, um. It's it's I think the best some of the best stories that 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 humans have created and um, shared with each other and it's just um,
0: you know it's like the
1: best of us which yeah. is
0: yeah you know maybe yeah.
1: we all want to see a little more of
0: yeah we do yeah we do we do
1: <laughs> yeah yeah
0: so thank yeah. you yeah. thank you for coming and you know thank you for being so open with uh, that and and, yeah wonderful (laughs) my pleasure yeah Um, and thank you everybody out there for listening and for being with us another week Um, lots of love to all people and uh, until next week keep speaking sex if I could make love incessantly I would be God. My name is Eurydice Eve, and I'm a writer and artist, best known for writing for Scribner and Spin, and these are my conversations with leaders in diverse human communities. Join our flow And stay with us for a while.